spiritual life. I was very lucky to be brought up by a father who had no religious beliefs. I didn't have that hang-up. My mother was nominally a Catholic, but that's as far as it went. Scientific American As we look back on the race for the double helix, it's obvious that individual personalities strongly influence the specifics of who found it first and how. And yet the discovery at roughly that time also seems to have been inevitable. There were so many of you who were so close. Ewan Crick, Linus Pauling of the California Institute of Technology, Maurice Wilkins and Rosalind Franklin of King's College. If you and Crick had not made the discovery when you did, James Watson, I can't believe a year would have passed. Scientific American. There was always a controversy about Wilkins showing you Franklin's crystallography images without her permission, giving you and Crick an important clue to DNA structure. In retrospect, would it have been more appropriate for the Nobel Committee to have given the prize to her, along with you and Crick, rather than to Wilkins? James Watson. I think not. Wilkins gave us the crystalline photograph of the A form. She gave us the B form. So you could have said that in an ideal, perfect society, they would have gotten the chemistry prize, and Crick and I would have gotten the biology prize. That would have been a nice way to honor the four of us, but no one thought that way. We're very famous because DNA is very famous. If Rosalind had talked to Francis starting in 1951, shared her data with him, she could have solved that structure, and then she would have been the famous one. Scientific American In a century, we went from rediscovering Mendel's laws and identifying chromosomes as agents of heredity to having the human genome largely worked out. Finding the double helix drops neatly into the middle of that span. How much, with respect to DNA, is left for us to do? Are there still great discoveries to be made, or is it just filling in details? James Watson. The major problem, I think, is chromatin, the dynamic complex of DNA and histone proteins that make up chromosomes. What determines whether a given piece of DNA along the chromosome is functioning, since it's coveted with the histones? You can inherit something beyond the DNA sequence. That's where the real excitement of genetics is now. And it seems to be moving pretty fast. You don't really want to make a guess, but I'd guess that over the next 10 years, the field will be pretty played out. A lot of very good people are working on it. We have the tools. At some stage, the basic principles of genetics will be known in terms of gene functioning, and then we'll be able to apply that more to problems such as how the brain works. Scientific American. If you were starting out as a researcher now, James Watson, I'd be working on something about connections between genes and behavior. You can find genes for behaviors, but that doesn't tell you how the brain works. My first scientific interest was in how birds migrated. Until you know how the bird brain works, you're not going to know how genes can tell that bird where to migrate. Because, you know, that mother bird isn't telling the young one where to go, so it's got to be inherited. There are lots of other big behavioral things to solve. Some people say they're mystified that men can like men, but I say it's just as mysterious as why men like women. These things are so difficult. Francis insists that brain research doesn't have the equivalent of a DNA molecule. It doesn't have a central thing from which everything else flows. Scientific American, you have a reputation for being outspoken, and you get criticized for it. Do you have any regrets about things you've said? James Watson. Occasionally, I think there's something in me of that same weakness that's so apparent in tennis champion John McEnroe. I just can't sit while people are saying nonsense in a meeting without saying it's nonsense. Scientific American. 
On the subject of politics, many gene-related issues are in the public arena these days. Genetically engineered foods, cloning, DNA fingerprinting, and so on. How much confidence do you have in the political supervision of these? James Watson. I think they're so contentious that the state shouldn't enter it. Yes, I would just stay out of it the way government should stay out of abortion. Reproductive decisions should be made by women, not the state. I mean, cloning is now the issue. But the first clone is not like the first nuclear bomb going off. It's not going to hurt anyone. I know a famous French scientist who never had children because there was madness in his family. He didn't want to take a chance of more madness. That's what I mean. Cloning might mean you would know that there wasn't going to be any more madness. I think the paramount concern should be the rights of the family as opposed to the rights of the state. People say, well, there would be designer babies. And I say, well, what's wrong with designer clothes? If you could just say, my baby's not going to have asthma, wouldn't that be nice? What's wrong with therapeutic cloning? Who's being hurt? If you thought that every plant was the product of a god who put it there for a purpose, you could say that you shouldn't change it. But America isn't like what it was when the pilgrims came here. We've changed everything. We've never tried to respect the past. We've tried to improve on it. And I think any desire to stop people from improving things would be against the human spirit. An extended version of this conversation and a list of suggested readings is available at www.sciam.com. Watson's latest book is DNA, The Secret of Life, not 